I want to meet her. Mose? Mose? Mose, I want to meet her. That's really sick. Look, get out of there. Go to your uh, room. I need to, Mose. No. Please. No. Pretty please. Never. Maybe she loves me. And how could she possibly do that? She loves music, my music, my song. Sweet dreams. What's a dream? A dream is a wish your heart makes when you're fast asleep. Who says? Walt Disney, Sleeping Beauty, 1950. No, it was Cinderella, 1949. Good night. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 115 of Vague Zone. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas. And I'm Daniel. And today we're continuing continuing our coverage of our theme, Man versus Machine. And we are doing that with a choice from Daniel, the movie Electric Dreams, 1984. So, Daniel, would you like to read us the IMDb for Man? Uh, sorry, not for Man versus Machine, the IMDb for Electric Dreams. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. Um, an artificial intelligent PC and his human owner find themselves in a romantic rivalry over a woman. Nice. Um, so, this was my pick. Um, I just found it on a list of man versus machine movies, saw the trailer and I don't know it, it like th this is the type of movie that I love discovering for the yes. first time. Yeah. Uh, it has like just exactly the vibe of like a movie like I hadn't heard of and like perhaps there's something special there that I can like cling to. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's why I picked it. But, um, and uh, I would agree somewhat that that is that is that is true. That does happen <laughs> with watching this movie. Um, yeah. What, what I guess we have, like general thoughts for your first like reactions. To um, I wasn't expecting it to be so music video y. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like as we were watching, Emily was reading the Wikipedia page, and she was like, "Oh, Steve Barron was a music video director. He directed like twenty videos." And I actually I do remember hearing that he was the director of um, the Take on Me video from Aha. Yes. Um, and like Billy Jean, Summer of 69, Electric Avenue. Yeah. And so watching this, uh, it's it's very clear that he brought that those that, that skill set to this movie. Um, I think I also heard somewhere that maybe it's on the Wikipedia page or something that there was like uh, an issue getting like the movie bought or like getting producers to like sign on to the movie because there's this hesitance with like wanting to trust a music video director with a feature movie. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think the director said something about he like probably didn't help that <laughs> at all. Yeah. He was a little like ashamed, not ashamed, but like, yeah, like maybe I might've helped continue that bad reputation of yeah. people not but, being able um, to handle this material. But yeah, as far as just like general impressions go, it is, it's exactly that type of movie that I like finding <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. where it is just like, there's something here. There's something special about it. It is kind of just a average quality movie, like a C level quality movie. I believe this is made for um, TV too. Really? Or, oh, no, I oh, no there's, there's the, oh, so it's theatrical. Um, it was theatrical for two weeks. 
I gotcha. think okay. is what I heard. And then it, it found a life on HBO. Um, ah, okay. Yeah, for whatever reason, there's like an hour of behind the scenes shit on YouTube for this movie. So like I, I was just it. like listening to these interviews uh, after I'd watched it. But um, but yeah, I, I, I totally dig it. It feels like a special movie that you... It feels like something that like Arrow Video would release with like a ton of special features. And then you'd get like a yeah. really nice like Blu-ray copy of as like a weird sort of cinephile uh collectors thing but uh I, but yeah, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't count that out for a possibility <laughs> in the near future you know Giorgio Moroto is fantastic yeah, and I feel that like there might be a, a resurgence in the fandom for him and yeah Virginia Matt Virginia Madsen's awesome in this and yeah it's just like very charming little romantic comedy and yeah kind of echoing what you're saying it's great to like discover like a little hidden gem like this and yeah the music video quality to it kind of took me out a little bit because there's a lot of montages this is a definitely a movie from the 80s mid 80s where there's lots of montages and it's actually kind of fun because the soundtrack is pretty poppy and pretty fun and synthy and got yeah Giorgio Moroder Giorgio Moroder doing the score which is great and then yeah there's even a great like duet scene between the girl like playing with the computer and yeah, it was just it's like yeah, it's a good time. It's very silly, very fun, and yeah, the camera's having a good time. It's moving around, having crazy angles, and it's visually yeah, very. It manages to stay interesting and experimental, and yeah, there are some parts of it that I wasn't crazy about that are, I found sort of cringeworthy, like just the our main character is like a, a very clumsy person and is like definitely a person prone to making mis mistakes and like destroying stuff, and so like that could be kind of frustrating. Uh, but besides that, I think it's still like, yeah, it's it's, it's fun. It's a good little good little romp. Yeah. So yeah, described itself as a, a fairy tale for computers. But yeah, so it has like yeah, very like whimsical energy to it. What did you uh, what you make of like the portrayal of AI in this movie? <laughs> it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, because it has like this progression where it's definitely learning, and so I like watching it learn and so like the dog comes in and barks at the computer and then it like it learns how to bark and there's little cute little um visual things on the screen as it's like learning little like shapes and stuff as it's processing this ai and eventually when it gets to the point where the ai is able to express itself and there's like screens on like little screens sorry there's screens in his house and we have faces on those screens to sort of express like his facial moods or whatever like it, gets, it starts to evolve and escalate and build up in a way that i think is really interesting because by the end he, he like edgar he reveals his name he's talking to yeah, miles and they're like arguing but yeah he has this weird like high-pitched like childlike voice and it's it's really strange it's weird that his name's edgar Did, was there any reason for that that you picked up on uh, I, don't I don't think so um <laughs> yeah no just a, a, a nerdy name maybe um i feel like the <laughs> excuse me portrayal of ai is like i don't know if it's ahead of its time i don't really know what was going on in sci-fi in terms of ai i know i have no mouth and i'm a scream was pretty old but uh yeah but like it is interesting to watch this portrayal in movies where the computer is it is absorbing data and then it is able to it is only able to express itself based on the data that it's absorbed. So initially yeah. it's like dogs barking, then it's music, and then it gets access to television, which unlocks like, oh, and like, uh, it's weird how like 20 minutes after getting a computer, uh, Miles, our main character, is like already using the computer to hack into his, 
his like boss's computer and like download like all sorts of like blueprints and shit. Yeah, like, connect to the already, database. Yeah, he's like mad with power like immediately. <laughs> but like all of this data helps like train the AI. And that is basically what we're seeing now with like chat GPT and like yeah. open AI and all this stuff. It was kind of weird watching it while when it feels like we're at this like weird uh I don't know like historical moment in yeah definitely of like AI development. yeah the intersection definitely feels more real now than it did a couple of years ago because yeah every couple of months boston dynamics will put out a picture oh here's our robot doing backflips and delivering packages and stuff and yeah we have like ai bots making seinfeld episodes and the thing i'm into the thing i'm into right now is like dudes making like very ghetto versions of biden trump and obama have like video game lobby conversations and it's just like the most ignorant shit ever but it's just absolutely hilarious and so it's just those videos are all over my twitter timeline right now you follow very tall bart on twitter uh no uh, <laughs> but he's been making uh i don't know if it's he she they uh they've been making um just like AI driven conversations between Joe Rogan and like Ben Shapiro and yeah, Jordan yeah. Peterson and stuff like that. Um, I think they just write the script and then the AI is able to replicate their voices, which is scary. Like yeah. I had to tell my mom, I was like, look, I record a podcast. There's hours of my voice <laughs> on the internet yeah. that someone could train an AI to just say shit. I was like, if someone calls you asking for money, quiz them <laughs> yes, <laughs> because yeah. you don't know, you don't know if it's me or not. Definitely. Yeah gonna have the two two factor authentication on that um yeah. so yeah it's really funny because i i do think those videos are hilarious and i really enjoy them but it is very scary going down that that path every couple of months or whatever you're like oh wow yeah this can get this can get abusive we can definitely use this technology for the bad things in society um, but just going back to electric dreams learning watching edgar learn is really fascinating because the whole thing about ai is like ai can be wrong and make mistakes and so they're doing like the duet and uh it's making like mistakes like doing like wrong notes but then it'll, it'll correct itself like there was a part where it did like a couple like two wrong notes and then it like backtracked and then yeah. did like the correct notes like so, a human would when learning a song yeah 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 so all that stuff was really effective and a lot of fun and yeah, it's it's cool just to seeing like this clash of the retro '80s technology and like just the like because it's '84, we have beepers and like, I don't know like these really cool like bubble PCs and stuff on the table and all these like wires and back yeah like he hacks into his boss's server but the, yeah the server room is like this huge huge room full of like all these like old retro servers and stuff so it's cool seeing the the clash of technology and everything on screen yeah i forgot about the beeper like it's it's actually like pretty good use of a beeper in a movie yeah, yeah i was like oh yeah like that was a, a great gag and then like him flushing it down the toilet is a really great thing because yeah it's just perfect perfect way to just, like end that gag and yeah but also yeah he's really you mentioned him like uh, hacking into the boss's thing really quickly but i was also saying like is miles a smart person because he's like constantly like always about to like be breaking something or like there's a part where he's like, on the on the phone or something he's like about to pull the computer off his desk and i was just like he's yeah. he's like he's like a little bit beyond clumsy to me he feels like he's, he's kind of just like dumb yeah he stumbles through the entire movie like the movie yeah. starts with him like he's yeah it starts with him like having a conversation with a woman who's learning english with headphones in yeah uh, so there's this disconnect between him and a person who's engaged with technology um and then he get he shows up late to work because his flight gets delayed he's like carrying a bunch of shit into a meeting yeah and like his whole justification for getting a computer is just because he was late to work 
which is yeah. like a weird way to like set up <laughs> this entire movie um, yeah also i really love that in this particular movie oh sorry it's i think it's really fucking funny that like his co-workers like hey like i have like this palm pilot organizer thing like this will help like organize your life and he's like yeah. no i don't need this and then like a, minutes later he goes to the store it's like i actually i do need this yeah um i don't know and then like he's a developer he's like an architect uh and he's yes. developing a brick that will withstand earthquakes uh yes. does that pay off cool. in any way <laughs> no i think it's cool though i think it's a cool idea just in general it's like okay like he may not be like you know he may not be super uh graceful or whatever he's might be a clumsy guy but he still has like a good like a good idea for society he's trying to do something good with this technological advancement of but it's this. also like is that the best idea is that the best I solution <laughs> it's i don't know i, I think it's uh, like a, a good like movie sort of device like like something like an inventor to make in a movie like okay like it's an earthquake resistant brick that's that's just tangible tangible enough and kind of made up enough to be like okay yeah that's something a movie scientist would be working on i mean it worked for me i just find it weird like does that pay off in any way like because no, it feels like yeah. a large part of the movie initially Correct. Yeah. Yes, you are correct in that. Yeah, it doesn't really pay off. We do get the cool dream where Edgar has like yeah. the dream, and then the we electric see that. Dream. Yeah, we have the electric dream, the visualization, and then he like comes up. He like solves a problem for the brick or whatever. There's like a, a something that he Miles isn't able to do, and then Edgar is able to accomplish that because he's a computer. Yeah. He like does like this brick simula sim simulation yeah, where there's like simulation. yeah it's earthquake simulation where there's like a dancer in a falling city i thought that part was really cool i was like this is kind of coming out of nowhere yeah and it's place in the... san francisco famous yeah. for tragic earthquakes yeah. but it's so if anything that makes it feel like it should be even more important to the story like he's developing a brick that would stand earthquakes in a city famous for some devastating earthquakes yeah but it it goes nowhere <laughs> yeah well i think just the movie is just a romantic comedy at its yeah. core so it's not going to dip into that, that but it's like character. i don't know like maybe maybe there's some sort of you, you think there's like a climax where like all the pieces come together like a puzzle <laughs> like absolutely uh, and applause where's and, my soundboard uh, i need soundboard uh, but like this piece is just kind of like a loose thread uh i don't know it's a weird I, thing that get hung up on but like it's something that sticks out to me i do agree one thing that stuck out to me that i wasn't crazy about is like the whole thing about madeline she's a cellist she plays a cello she's had this cello for her entire life she's very attached to it and it gets destroyed in this movie and i think is is it explained that edgar is the cause of the destruction of the cello like is he in control of the elevator oh, door i don't that... think so. i think it was just an accident okay that's sort of how i read it in my mind when it happened on screen i was like okay this feels like just an accident bad luck but then, yeah. yeah, it's sort of the solution. She's like clearly heartbroken by this. Like they're mm -hmm. uh, the side boyfriend, tough guy boyfriend is like doesn't care. So she like walks away from him crying. And then Miles is also kind of like in his own head and not really interesting, not interested. And also says like later on, like, oh, you can replace this. Like, you, yeah. like the music is within you, not the. Yeah. The nice save. Nice save yeah. after he kind of fumbles the first time. <laughs> yeah, it's a good save. And I'm also like, yeah, but it's, a, you know, you can have that but also value the the instrument i thought they were going to do like a technology thing and like fix the cello somehow or, or yeah repair she's it. gonna play the beeper with the orchestra Some, yeah i thought there was gonna be something like that now she just buys a new one and kind of moves on and i was like okay that's i guess that's fine but 
yeah i, I, feel I think like that might also yeah be like an underdeveloped idea that gets introduced to yeah but i was like you know what like this is fine like these these things are just like small little potholes they're these little bumps in the road in my opinion like there's a lot more fun things going on here with like, like the technology the music just the just it's, i don't know just if you enjoy the fun romance stuff then it's fine i think it yeah i think it's just a clunky not very well done story that has enough there's enough to enjoy outside of that that it kind of yeah you can walk away with having a positive experience from this movie yeah um, is there a part that sticks out to you is like the most fun the part that makes you smile the most <laughs> i mean it's like the music is i feel like the draw here um yeah. like it like the the movie feels like a music video there's tons of montages i think a little too much or some that are like kind of clunky in there uh <laughs> in the way that worked into the movie okay so like you mentioned we get a jam session between madeline in her apartment on the cello and edgar the computer just like kind of playing along um and it goes on for so long. We don't need the whole song. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And if if you are going to give us the whole song, like, do some storytelling during that yes, time. Yeah, like, yeah. cut away. Show us what, what is uh, Miles doing, you know? Yes, um, definitely. Like, turn it into a montage that, like, advances the plot or something. Yeah, that's uh, how I felt about when he uh, plays, when Edgar plays the second song. Like, the first song is sort of, like, too sugary and too poppy and kind of shitty. So he's like, no, this is... This is not it. This is this is not a banger, Edgar. Make me something better. And so Edgar makes a second song, and the second song is is awesome. It's like the the uh, love is love, and it's like really cool, really good lyrics and great melody. And we enjoy the entire song in that apartment. I don't think we cut out of the apartment. We might. I think but, we do. I think okay. we do get some cutaways, but it is a lot of just Miles wandering around the apartment listening <laughs> yeah, to the yeah. song. <laughs> like he's just kind of just like doesn't have much business to do either. So yeah, he's, yeah, kind of just, he's like... just thinking about it, <laughs> like rubbing his chin, being like, "Is this song good?" It's like, "Is this a banger?" And is then like the camera is just like sliding across the desk or like flying around the room, and it's like yeah. we're trapped in this room with this guy. <laughs> yeah, and we yeah. have to try and make it look interesting. Yeah, it's like the Alcatraz montage. I'm like, this is fun, but like clearly you guys had a whole day to be in Alcatraz. So you're yeah. going to show us every single, every little moment, every shot and just like kind of drag it on way it's too like, long. That at least like serves to like help advance the relationship a little bit, like showing them, you know, speechless chemistry between our two leads. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is also kind of excessive. <laughs> like, they're all a little too long. <laughs> like, they just, yeah, they don't develop the plot. Like, that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, but still, decent time. Like, it's a nice discovery. Um, yeah. Like, uh, there's this other movie I saw called The Legend of Billie Jean, which came out a year later. Mm. Um, and it's not good, but it kind of, it, it gives me a similar vibe where it's like, kind of a mediocre 80s movie that's like very 80s and you know that it was like some kid's favorite when yeah, they yeah. Um, so you're like discovering this thing that feels like it's some like it feels like it has meaning to somebody uh it feels like that's this like intimate memory for somebody and that's what makes it fun to engage with yeah i i, I definitely agree and there there's just like a lot of just quirkiness and personality to it that i think it makes it easy to love like yeah he, like, he goes into like this old like radio shack kind of store and like get, like talks to, like the clerk and she's yeah just like it's a wall of just like all these old computers mm -hmm. and technology and sells in this pc and 
he sets it up and it like he types his name in and he spells it moles instead of miles and so for the rest of the movie there's this running gag of edgar calling him moles which is it just gets funnier every time if you're, if you're like me it just, it's, the joke is never old um but then like I think it's like malfunctioning. I forget exactly what the context is, but the computer's like overheating and he like pours a bottle of champagne oh, on it. Yeah. Let me get like these shots of like the champagne running through the motherboard. Yeah, I think it's when they're downloading from the boss's computer. Yeah. It gets yes, overloaded. Yeah. 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 All the data. But yeah, it's cool to get like the shots of like the champagne cascading through yeah. like the tech. I thought that was really cool. Like, yeah, like they're having a good time, like doing little moments like that where Clearly, like, yeah, they didn't have to go in and give us a, 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 co- a cutaway close-up of that. But. And it does feel like that that's, like, the sensibilities of a music video director. Yeah. Like, getting worked in in a way that are, like, cool. <laughs> and don't yeah. feel like they're dragging it down at all. Yeah, so maybe we don't have resolutions to our earthquake plot and our cello <laughs> plot necessarily, but we do get to have a cool blue music video and other other stuff that's kind of fun. And also, yeah, like, towards the end, uh, Miles tells Madeline, like, oh, I'm sorry, I lied to you. I gotta confess to you, I lied to you. And then she's, like, telling him that it kind of doesn't matter that he lied. Like, she likes the way he makes her feel, and she likes the way he makes her smile, and all this stuff. And, I don't know, did you believe that? (laughs) Like, was Uh, that that satisfying? (laughs) A little, uh, maybe not so much satisfying, um... Yeah, I, I wasn't even like super convinced on their romance a lot of the times. Like, like they have like their first date, and this is like this whole slapstick thing where they're just like hitting each other and bumping and spilling drinks yeah. and stuff. And and I was like, I I understand like okay, this is like crin- cringeworthy comedy. This is what you're going for, but like you got to also have moments where you guys are actually falling in love yeah, for me genuinely like, hitting it off yeah for this to like work for me because she has like the other like bandmate boyfriend thing that's like doesn't really don't really explain like why she's going for him other than proximity maybe i don't know um but yeah it it just there wasn't a lot of meat on that bone unfortunately as far as like looking for stuff to connect me with yeah a lot of a lot of clunkiness here but somehow still enjoyable maybe yeah yeah it's cool like when edgar's learning language is the first thing he learns how to say is fuck Mm. I don't think I don't think I picked up on that. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like it's I, I I think it was like yeah, just saying like fuck repeatedly and then it starts to work through some actual sentences. I don't think I, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> Maybe I was like reading the Wikipedia or something. I was like, this is a PG movie. Yeah, I I, I like I'm pretty confident. It was 80s yeah. PG, so like PG 13 yeah, yeah. didn't exist yet. But yeah, um, I do like that the. Uh, the way the computer connects the devices around the house is with these adapters that connect to the power outlets. Yeah. Cause that's like, we have smart devices now that, you know, your lamps, it's, it's a similar thing. Um, yeah. 100%. It's really fascinating to see. Yeah. This, this historical document from 1984 of like yeah. Yeah, this fantasy of, Oh yeah. Your fun computer can communicate and control your blender and your lights and your stereo i'm like oh yeah my alexa is also in my bedroom right now that can do those very things i can just say hey alexa turn off (laughs) yeah it's listening right now (laughs) yeah alexa big fan of the show (laughs) alexa listens every episode that's for sure good um any other departing thoughts final thoughts on electric dreams i feel like we kind of didn't dive too deep, but I, I feel like yeah. 
we sort of talked about this movie how we feel though yeah we hopped around quite a bit but uh oh there was one other scene that kind of so on the way to the drive-in uh miles asked madeline he's asking her about i guess like ai and he says like what about a machine that can create art compose music or write poetry and then her response is what about artists and so or, or what's wrong with artists um and so it was interesting to me because we're dealing with that now like we have like ai generated art and there's this feeling of okay is this going to put people out of jobs like uh what is the value of ai art um what is the value of being an ai artist like yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, is this going to be a tool for artists? Is it going to replace artists? Is it going to how is this? Is it going to replace the process of creating art? Which, you know, there's a certain there's something to be said about the process of creating in itself and what that does for a person. Um, yeah. And so the question, what's wrong with artists? I wasn't sure of what to make with that, to make of that, because it's like, is she saying what's wrong with a computer being an artist, or what's wrong with just having artists? and not a computer yeah. making, making art yeah definitely yeah it seems like it feels like it's more towards the latter where it's like she is i think there's another uh, component to that line too where it's like something of else that edgar can do like she mentioned that but yeah essentially like she's saying why do you need to have artificial intelligence do these things and yeah, yeah i think it's definitely a very relevant question for yeah this year especially with all these artificial intelligence advances happening so right weird. in front of us yeah and like in me being like on the pat like it's just so into like these like biden joe rogan like comedy videos i mean like yeah like but yeah this this is just like completely completely artificial and this is like i'd much rather be watching like i don't know like another an animated movie something with actual like intention and artistry attached yeah. to it but i don't know it's like we're just in that era where we gravitate to what's easy and digestible and when the ai gets better it's going to be harder to recognize like what was produced by ai versus what was produced by a person and it's weird um because it's like so much of the value of engaging with art is it feels like you are learning something about its creator yes Um, yes. it's it's you know another form of communication uh and so if you're when you're engaging with ai art you're learning about and artificial intelligence and like that has a data set that is basically the entirety of the internet um so perhaps you're just learning something about humanity itself (laughs) rather although although like the ai or or the creators of the ai i guess uh what are the parameters that they've allowed the ai to express itself in and what are the parameters that were set by you know whoever has given the prompts to the ai that initiated it's creating something um all mathematics man this whole thing about the big thing someone mentioned was like yes like art artists have like this intention it's like you go through life as a person and then you want to make this expression for whatever reason but ai is like it's math it's code it's like it's you're just putting data into it and it's just processing it because that's what it's designed to do and so it's like it's doing this from like a mathematical procedural perspective as opposed to like i was i felt shitty today because it rained and i'm going to make a song about rain you know it's like it's not yeah. doing it in that human process and therein lies this this muddiness 
Um, and I think, yeah, this movie is, is really interesting, like, at, at intersection of that, because, yeah, we have, like, a very archaic version of a lot of things we have in our houses right now. Like, when we have the sad Edgar, it's just, like, a screen, but it's just two eyes without a mouth. And he's, like, saying, like, I want to hold her and I want to kiss her. And it's like, this, yeah. this feels like, like, it's like on board, borderline, like, horror, horror at this point. It's, yeah. But then when he learns that love is about giving, not taking yeah uh he just wants to party he just wants yeah. to give everyone his great music and share his music with everyone so that's kind of like the best we can hope for with these ais is that when they become self-aware they just want to party they just want to have yeah. a good time because uh why make life harder for anybody that needs to be right right computer? also one thing i thought one thing i thought was fascinating is every time when we get to the point of the movie where uh edgar is having is looking at miles as like a threat so like a romantic threat when we see him like having these confrontations in his mind it's always depicted as like a video game and so one of the first one thing we see is like a boxing video game where yeah. it's like miles it's like miles versus me and, and the me is winning me mm. being edgar punches him in the dick yeah <laughs> and then, um, sorry i have to cough <laughs> excuse me um and then later in the movie we have like this uh pseudo pac-man thing kind of go on where there's like this demon like green thing chasing miles around and, like it's really trippy and it I, comes I just out really of the screen too yeah I really, I really enjoyed that. I caught a couple of minutes of the movie Pixels on Comedy Central this past weekend, and it reminded me of that. I was like, yeah, it's just like that movie is just the the heightened blockbuster version of this concept of like, okay, this, the video game world kind of being represented in the real world. And I loved that shit as a kid. I always enjoyed watching that kind of stuff. It's it's fun. I feel like this would be a great double feature with her. Um, yeah. Speaking of movies that feel like remakes. Um, this is yeah definitely because i was thinking like if you were to remake this you wouldn't need to because it's her exists yeah exactly uh, yeah and i love that love that movie spike jones is is my favorite director so it's fucking awesome um what do you make of that final montage (laughs) oh just like the dance (laughs) just like the whole city kind of partying yeah everyone partying it's great. And then also, you know, we have the, the Giorgio Moroder, Moroder cameo. I think he's the one who goes into the radio station and says, hey, like, what's going on? Oh, really? I, I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. I think it's him in the suit. It's, it's really brief, though. Um, and you don't see his face, really. You're, you're just behind him. But um, I, I just, yeah, I appreciate, yeah, the entire city of San Francisco has experienced chaos slash party fun because Edgar wants to... <laughs> supposed to play his tunes i think if there's any scene worth watching out of context it's that ending just because you have like people dancing on the beach people dancing at the radio station on like what seems to be a battleship or something (laughs) (laughs) like just all over the place it's great there's like pilates happening and like aerobics and stuff yeah um also i think also very appropriate like at the end of this movie after all of this drama with edgar um miles and madeline decide that okay like we are gonna have like a disconnecting kind of vacation let's go into the woods like and that's exactly what people are doing now it's like yeah like just oversaturated with social media and tv and stuff like yeah we now we're gonna take these destination trips and turn our phones off or go to comedy shows and put our phones in these little things and it's just very appropriate a lot of these things yeah very one of the most important movies <laughs> of the past thousand years <laughs> maybe very well maybe um it could be the past awesome. two thousand years <laughs> yeah definitely um, uh, that all for electric dreams 
uh, last parting thing. I just really enjoyed the shot of Miles coming back into his apartment holding an axe. <laughs> just love this. Yeah, yeah just, just like scrawny guys like holding his axe. Like it's, it's gone to an extreme. Actually, one one other scene I remembered that really confused me is when he gets after the the computer's barking like a dog. He gets out of the shower, and Madeline shows up, and he feels the need to hide the computer from Madeline. Why? Why was he hiding the computer? It didn't make any sense to me. That that also was very. I was like, this is just like awkward for no reason. Yeah. And like. If, I, yeah <laughs> they just like yeah. needed to introduce some conflict so that they could have like a wacky interaction but it made zero sense for there to be a conflict there goodbye goodbye i'm leaving why because i finally found out what love is what is it it's give and not take so I give her to you and I take myself away. Why would you do that? Because that's what love is. Right. What have you been watching lately? Uh so this week I've been watching a whole bunch of stuff. Um one thing I will explain. So I got a gift. Uh well sorry, let me rewind. My mother bought my dad a gift when he retired, and it was like a a movie poster with a bunch of movies that were being released in 2020 because he retired early in 2020. Mm-hmm. And so the like for January or whatever, February, some of those movies totally came out how they were on that poster. But then shortly after the pandemic happened, everything on that poster was like completely changed in like invalid. Like one, one of them was like, yeah, Top Gun, like December or something. I was like, yeah, like, no, that came out like just this past year. Yeah. Like, it took, took many years for Top Gun to come out. Um, so this past Christmas, uh, she bought me a similar version to that poster where it's like the IMDb top 100 watch list. So it's a hundred movie posters on this poster and you scratch them off for the ones you've seen. So I've scratched off like most of the movies on this list, but now I'm working through the ones I haven't seen. So I'm going through and watching some of these classics and the first ones I kind of got to were, uh, Clockwork Orange. I hadn't seen that all the way through. So I like enjoyed that really enjoyed watching that Kubrick is fucking awesome and so that kind of led me into 2001 a space odyssey because I'd never finished that also we're also talking about man versus machine and yeah that's considered one of the best one of the most iconic ones because you have Hal doing the whole like taking over the ship thing and so yeah I watched that this morning and really enjoyed it um and obviously it's a very uh movie that's been talked about at length and to death but it's certainly a high watermark of cinema and science fiction for mm-hmm. all of the right reasons it's just like very delicately shot and just like gorgeous grand movie um i was just uh real quick i was just talking to emily uh because she was watching childhood's end uh the sci-fi series based on mm-hmm. the book because uh, i was reading the book um originally stanley kubrick was trying to make a movie of childhood's end uh okay. but because he couldn't get the rights uh, he ended up settling for working out with, is it Arthur C. Clarke who wrote it? Yeah, yeah. Um, he ended up settling with Arthur C. Clarke for Clarke to write uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, so it, it's funny that like that was like his plan B. Was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll just make one of the greatest movies ever made instead of the yeah. movie I wanted to make. 
yeah like it was it's really funny reading through like the wikipedia on that there's it's so much in that article and a lot of it's like yeah this movie is incredibly influential but the best part is you get to the end it's like quoting what the other filmmakers of the era thought about that movie and like george lucas is like yeah like you can maybe compare it to star wars on like a technical level just like the cameras we use but like like that movie is like such a higher level and yeah people consider it like the like the you don't need to have a science fiction movie after this is like as good as it's going to possibly be and I, that is debatable i do think it is a little bit slow and it does kind of uh it can get a little uh boring at parts but it is still like a fantastic movie uh def- definitely watch that if you haven't seen it especially in context of uh what we're talking about now with like man versus machine i think yeah, if you haven't seen it it's obviously essential. it might be it's, yeah it's essential um it's one of those things is you might have seen parodies of it to the point where you might not think you need to watch it but it is definitely worth watching um, if so, you yeah, want to understand the Barbie movie that's coming out, you <laughs> yeah. gotta see 2001. Yeah, it's just like, god damn, like, yeah, this is like, just has permeated into our culture to a point where, yeah, like, Greta Gerwig is using, you yeah, have the monolith scene with these apes, and now it's like, yeah, it's kids with Barbie dolls. I When that happened, when that trailer came out in the theater, I was just so happy. I was like, this is fucking incredible. Could not stop laughing. Um yeah, really enjoyed 2001 Space Odyssey. I uh, highly recommend that for this conversation. Um, and then another documentary that's completely unrelated, not science fiction all, it's a movie called Last Breath. It's a documentary about saturation divers. So you know what a, like, well, there's like deep sea diving. And it's like, so saturation divers are people that go down and that fix like oil rigs and shit. So they have to stay like underwater for like 20 to 30 days at a time. Wow. Like, so it's just like incredibly intensive work and this movie is about like a ship where they're down like they're in the north sea they're fixing like this oil rig and one of the divers gets separated from the diving bell and the, for those listening uh, the way it goes is the ship the ship sends down a diving bell which has like t- uh, two or three people in it and then two of those divers go out and do the work while there's like the diver diving bell manager person whatever kind of in charge of things and it has like this system in the ship where it locks you in place so if it's a storm it doesn't matter it's all computerized and so in this particular instance all of the the three computer systems all failed it got off the navigation system and the diver got separated from the bell and so it's a documentary about how he survived that it's absolutely insane that's a very dangerous job right yeah, it's like one of those jobs where yeah, you get paid like ridiculous amounts of money, but yeah, you're repairing like the pipes <laughs> under like, like oil rigs and shit. And I think like a lot of people die and stuff. Uh, yeah, I it's... I, yeah, I think we know like Emily's family knows like an uh, underwater welder, and it's like incredibly okay. dangerous. Um, yeah, like hats off to those dudes. Those dudes are fucking gladiators, in my opinion. It's like you to like people describe deep sea diving they compare it to going into space essentially it's like you have to just you're going into incredible levels of atmospheric pressure going into spaces unseen by man untouched going into the darkness of the ocean and so yeah just the the story of him like surviving this incredibly harrowing experience is this is perfect documentary fodder it's just like the stuff that i can't believe they have the footage that they have to like to Mm. even make this movie it's even more unbelievable that like he survived because even he he was like I'm not exactly sure how I survived like I'm uh, it's a combination of luck and just like good timing. And so, what was that uh, called again? It's called Last Breath. Last Breath. Okay. It's on Netflix. Yeah, lucked out. Electric Dreams for those listening is free on YouTube. Yep. If you just Google it, you can find it. 
Uh, Last Breath is on Netflix. I was able to watch that. And 2001 is on HBO Max. So nice. All the things I've talked about are all nice. easily watchable. And then, yeah, just continuing to play Dead Space, continuing to cut up those those damn aliens. I'm like mm-hmm. three-fourths of the way through it and just loving it. I, mean, I, I kind of like slowed down because I'm like, I don't want to speed through this. I really want to. Yeah, I think it's kind of a time. short game too, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's pretty like simple gameplay loop. Like, yeah, you're just kind of just cutting through zombies essentially so it's it's a good time um, what have you been watching this week uh yesterday i went and saw ant-man and the wasp quantum mania ah quantum mania uh, it has been getting really terrible reviews uh a lot of people have been shitting on it on twitter so yeah. my expectations were very low um <laughs> and i feel like the first five minutes are really great like i'm like all right great yeah it's like paul rudd being like hamming it up yeah. um you know everyone's having a good time and then you go to the quantum realm <laughs> uh yeah. and the it, it's just a mixed bag movie like there's moments where things look great you know people in costumes and uh you could tell there's like actually some physical set <laughs> that uh, these yes, characters yeah. are walking around with like this digital matte painting um yeah and it looks there's pretty star, good there's some like star warsy parts yeah did you see it like, yeah Yes, I okay. did see it. Yeah, it's definitely got like kind of a Star Warsy like cantina vibe for a good chunk Yeah, there's of a it. cantina scene essentially. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Okay, this is fucking Star Wars. And uh, and then you're getting shots of actors in front of green screens where it's like, this is this looks absolutely terrible. And yeah. like just keep we just keep cutting back to Michael Douglas looking like he does not <laughs> belong there at all. Um, Man. <laughs> And you get introduced to these characters that don't really go anywhere, go anywhere, uh, you know, recognizable actors that like nothing happens with their characters. Uh, you might as well cut them out of the movie. Um, and then you get, yeah, do you need, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, continue, continue. <laughs> and then you Sorry. get cool shit. Like there's this concept of like a probability storm. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and we get like a bunch of Ant-Man, a bunch of Ant-Men, um, just a pile of Paul Rudds all stacked on top of each other. And yeah. I'm like, this is like a cool concept for like a major mass market blockbuster. Um, and then like we get spoiler alert for Ant-Man. Uh, it, there's basically a kaiju battle toward, towards the end. Like there's yeah. like a sort of Ant-Man as Godzilla, like just fucking wrecking a city. And I'm like, this is really fun. It's giant Paul Rudd as a kaiju. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just wobbles back and forth between like silly awesome fun and just looking atrocious with like flat lighting and characters that don't like very poor green screen and yeah uh, i was thinking like jonathan majors is still fantastic doing a great job yeah. um i enjoyed modok modok showed up i was I like oh too. this is this is getting re- weird and fun and i really enjoy it and i really <laughs> like they have <laughs> had this backstory be explained and they just cut away from it like this is fucking great you're playing up the comedy because that was a big part of one and two that i felt like was missing it's like the dynamic between him and his crew was like very crucial for what made the like just those movies work is the yeah. fact that yeah it's like it's a heist movie but also like his team is fucking hilarious yeah. like and luis is great and it's just it, it's a great little reprieve from all of the other ways that they do comedy in the MCU. And here I feel like, yeah, that was definitely missing a lot. So yeah, whenever Jonathan Majors is there, it's awesome. Whenever Modoc is on screen, it's a good time. But then yeah, I'm like, yeah, we're kind of just following around this like the other team and she's like not 
explaining anything. She's like, oh, I will tell you later. I can't tell you. Like, I know some guy. And it's like, we're just kind of doing that thing in the action movie where there's, there's never any time to really explain things for whatever yeah, reason. Keep yeah. And that, that was really frustrating. And yeah. It's, and also, yeah, we have this huge cast of characters. You don't really need to keep Michael Douglas around. I think he, I think he's a, a grown no, up. He doesn't, I guess like he gets his payoff at the end, but it's like, yeah. that also bit, came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Right. But I was gonna say, like Michael Douglas is a big boy. You can write him out of this movie. I think he can die, and it's okay. Like I don't think he needs to be around in the MCU to sort of just be in like Ant Man's corner necessarily. Yeah. Same with the other characters, like Evangeline Lily's character, or yeah, I don't know. There's just like a lot of fluff as far as like the amount of characters there, and then we're also we're setting up this big bad that's supposed to be like our big avengers villain for the yeah. for like the rest of this phase like they named the next two like avengers movies are named after him for god's sakes and so i feel like he should at least like kill a couple characters do something that was substantial but it was also that, that's morbid the way to think about it yeah it was also weird that like this movie feels like it's a large part of what this movie is doing is it's setting up cassie uh cassie lang uh the daughter um yeah. And I feel like they set her up pretty well. Like she has the potential to be like an, uh, as pure-hearted a character as Captain America. I feel like, um, but because like I mean, the way they introduce her is like they're getting her out of jail because she shrunk a cop car because yeah, the police yeah. were sweeping a homeless encampment. It's like yeah, yeah. that's like pretty pure good. Uh, yes. The same level as like I don't know Captain America when he before he had his powers, just like standing up the bullies, you know. Yeah, she's definitely radical good D D and D alignment. Yeah. yeah, she wants she wants to actively help as many people as she can. Um, but like, so a lot of this movie is about her and Scott, like their relationship. But then, you know, kind semi spoiler for the end. Uh, we end with like this moment between Ant Man and the Wasp, like being like, "Oh, I love you" and stuff like that. And it's like this movie wasn't about them. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It wasn't about their relationship. The Wasp is barely in the movie, but then yeah, like, it, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, that's why when it was yeah, build as yeah, as Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. I'm like, okay, yeah, it, I think they just have to include that now because that's just because the last one the, was Ant-Man. that's just what the IP is at this point. But I don't know. I feel like it could have just yeah been focused on Ant Man. I think Evangeline Lilly also said some controversial stuff, so maybe they want to kind of downplay her role. Yeah, I totally was like, yeah, unaware of that. And I was looking at the reviews. I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know she was, she had those views. She has has some opinions. Okay. Um, Yeah, but uh, uh, and also kind of going back to the whole villain thing. So also on the poster this week, I watched The Green Mile. And um, so The Green Mile is a story by Stephen King. and in that movie, there's a very potent villain. Have you seen The Green Mile? Yeah. Okay. So there's a villain by the name of Percy. And Percy is a very deplorable, bad fucking human being. But it makes his downfall, like when he gets what's coming to him at the end of the movie, so like satisfying. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, obviously the MCU shouldn't have like Stephen King level of like psychopathic villains. Maybe the, I don't really need to have that. Also, I don't think you need to That's have more of a body. DC thing. <laughs> the Joker. Yeah. 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 Um, and also, I don't think you need, necessarily need to have a high body count to be like effective and have your villains be menacing. It doesn't have to be like game of Thrones where people are dropping like flies, but I do think, yeah, you need to have something. There's a little bit of a middle ground where, you have stakes and people have been kind of complaining about that in the MCU for a little bit now. And I think 
finally, I think I've gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, like I think I finally agree with the sentiment. And I love Jonathan Majors, but I think we can do a little bit more with him than just like fun yeah. dress up and just like, and obviously he's having the time of his life. He gets to play a hundred different versions yeah, of this, that's kinda this cool. one person. Yeah, which is great. But yeah, I think you can we can give him a little bit more and give him something to actually like work with. Yeah, like on one hand, I'm I feel like it's a shame that they're not. I don't know. Like I walked out of that movie feeling like they didn't do enough with him. Uh, yeah. Like he didn't get enough time to shine. Um, but then at the same time, I know we're gonna get a million of them. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of kind of weird. Yeah, that's what it's all feels very strange right now. And I was talking about this at the party last night and it's all just kind of strange because I feel like with the loss of Chadwick Boseman, there's like a little bit of a course correction as far as like, okay, who's going to be kind of like our, our leaders and our heads as we progress through the later uh, eras of this sort of universe. And now I feel like I don't quite know who that person is to like connect to or like, I think it's sort of probably Doctor Strange, right? I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Doctor Strange. Uh, He's like the only adult in the room. It feels like. <laughs> yeah, that's what exactly. That's the perfect way to say. It. I'm like, yeah, who's the adult? Like, who's that kind of like? Who's our like uh, grown ups <laughs> like leading us into this like road trip? Like, who's our chaperones here? Like, I just don't really know who like that person I mean, is. Yeah, because there's like okay of the original Avengers, Hawkeye. No one gives a fuck about Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, Thor is still around, but Thor is basically a child. Um, yeah. and then there's Bruce Banner, the Hulk, um, who, who is not allowed to have his own movie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Then it's like now sort of switching to focus on She-Hulk and there's going to be the new Captain America. There's new Bucky and yeah, that's Spider-Man, true. Yeah. Sort of Captain kind, America sort of and Bucky. Uh, yeah. they're kind of, oh, I don't know. I think, I think it's gotta be Dr. Strange. Cause he's got like this, he's like. He's an adult. <laughs> he's like yeah. a mature character yeah. who like also has an insane amount of power. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, he's very high level. I'm, I'm a little. Uh, how do you feel about Harrison Ford being cast in this new Captain America? Oh, I don't think I knew about that. Yeah, he's because we were talking about yeah, like Michael Douglas in this one. So yeah, we're gonna have Harrison Ford is gonna be um, like President Ross or something in the fourth huh. one. Okay, whatever. I mean, I'm he's like, so I'm, old. I'm kind of just I'm like, are we, are we, I'm gonna like stand around and watch Harrison Ford look bored in front of green screens. Like, like I like I don't want to do that necessarily. It's gonna break my yeah. heart. I'm hoping that a lot of this shitty green screen stuff is a side effect of shooting these movies during the pandemic, and not yeah. just gonna be the standard going forward. Um, yeah. Also, probably the setting too, because yeah, it was like quantum realm here. The, uh, with multiverse it was like the Wanda world kind of yeah. thing where it's like this is fabricated yeah. fabricated environment because there's so, yeah. there's some stuff in this movie that looks good like we're like because yeah. I saw I saw the complaints on Twitter about like the green screen and so I was like I went in with low expectations and then there were some scenes where I was like no this actually like looks pretty good like when they're surrounded by all of the you know extras and stuff yeah. and you get the sense that there's like actual set decoration and like stuff around them like it looks pretty good but then um i don't know there's a scene where the scene where michelle pfeiffer uh stabs that dude you know early on so that they can get a ride looked absolutely horrible Um, and we keep cutting to michael for whatever reason michael douglas really (laughs) stood out to me because we keep cutting to him for reaction shots and it's like do we need these reactions (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, 
He just looks frustrated. Oh yeah, um, any... Quantum Mania. It was fine <laughs> because yeah. it was what I expected. Uh, gotcha. That's all from me. Cool. Um, well, I guess it's my choice for next oh, yeah. week. Yeah, I was thinking um, about what to do next. Like I was saying earlier, like Spike Jones is my favorite filmmaker, so thought about doing her. Thought about doing 2001 Space Odyssey just because of like its stance in mm-hmm. the genre and its stance in this particular uh, uh, theme we're talking about specifically. Um, and also thinking about doing like a different direction, doing like A24, doing their take on it. Ex Machina is like a, a sexier, sleeker, new like man versus machine kind of story. But at the end of the day, I said, no, fuck that. I want to watch the Mitchells versus the machine. The mi- so oh, I, I haven't seen it yet. It. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure both of us haven't seen it. Yeah, it uh, was nominated for best animated feature. It's produced by Philip Lord and the film uh, Lord and Miller mm-hmm. from Spider Verse fame. So yeah, people say it's pretty great, good time, great cast, and it has machines in the title. So <laughs> yeah, be appropriate. Yeah, I've always been curious about it. Um, yeah, well, I like so, that we got kind of weird with this trilogy. We didn't yeah. like play the hits. Except for Tetsuo, yeah. I guess, is a hit in some circles. Yeah, definitely a hit. Yeah, I'm, and I'm down to explore more mysterious, unseen things, stuff like, yeah, Electric Dreams, anything that's like, yeah, stuff I haven't seen is always going to be first up on the list. Cool. So, yeah, that'll be next week. This has been episode 115 of Vague Zone. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us, vaguezonepod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at vague zone let us know what you're watching what you're listening to let us know what we should watch next if you have theme suggestions we're always down for new suggestions for things to watch yes theme theme suggestions would be very helpful yeah yeah i'm one of your hosts thomas and i'm daniel thanks for listening we'll see you next time